Hello, this is a very good novel, Coronavirus, by Christopher Domitio. I am Christopher Domitio, and you can find the whole thing at averygoodnovel.com. This is chapter 25, A Capital No More. Bob couldn't see because he was in a black helicopter on a black night wearing a black hood. But Washington, D.C. was a mess. The streets had been destroyed by Trump's military parade, and the city was in lockdown from the virus and siege mode from the evictions. The eviction notices had gone out in D.C., and the police and the District of Columbia National Guard had gone out to enforce the evictions. It was not a good idea. D.C. was the one place in the nation where the post office was not on the side of the people. Sure, there were plenty of individual postal workers who went out to picket and protest and stop the evictions, but the D.C. HQ was not behind them. Hell, Trump had turned the old D.C. post office into a hotel. As a result, those who attempted to blockade evictions were met with force and had two choices, fight or run. They chose to fight. Fires sprang up all over the city. Snipers began firing at police and guard units. The whole city was declared under martial law. The White House was surrounded by tanks and concertina wire. Trump had already fled to Florida with his entire family. Business would be conducted from Mar-a-Lago, the so-called Winter White House, even though it was only the 1st of November. The black helicopter flew over D.C. and landed at Dulles, and Bob was transported to a black SUV, which took him to 935 Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest, the headquarters of the FBI. He was led inside the building, taken down an elevator, and pushed into a cell. The hood and handcuffs were finally removed. After his eyes adjusted to the dim light, Bob realized he was in a sort of dungeon. An old man and an old woman sat huddled together in the next cell, with an army blanket draped over their shoulders. Bob looked to see if there were any guards, but they appeared to have been abandoned and left on their own. The old man began coughing. The old woman didn't say a word or make a move. "'Are you all right, sir?' Bob asked. "'Are you okay? Should we call for help?' At this, the old woman raised her head and began to cackle. Her laugh was brittle and on the edge of a hysterical madness. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Nobody's coming to help us. What do you think this is, the Hilton? Bob recognized her voice. It was Hillary Clinton. The man next to her began coughing again and then started to mutter, If you want to be the champ, you can't stop fighting. You have to keep going. That's what I said to her. And then she got in the car and I never saw her again. It was the saddest moment of my whole damn sad life. His voice trailed off. He wasn't talking to anyone. He was just talking. It's okay, Joe, Clinton said to him. It'll all be okay, buddy. Don't worry. Bill's coming. He'll come. Bob had been thrown in the deepest, darkest hole in the United States of America, and along with Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. There were other doors, other prisoners, but none of them spoke or could be seen in the dark. Gradually, however, things began to change. The mood inside the room lightened. Bob, after all, was the vector for the Bob virus, and it tended to make people see the bright side of things. Those who had been suffering from COVID-19 symptoms began to feel better. It wasn't an immediate process, but it was an immediate effect on the consciousness. Do you really think Bill is coming? Bob asked. He'd forgotten that they had no idea who he was. Sure, he's coming, Hillary told him. She stared daggers at him. She tightened her arm around Biden. He'll be here, buddy. He's coming. Bob shut up. The sound of the elevator doors opening caused him to turn. A beautiful white light spilled into the room, and a female figure marched purposefully forward. Bob couldn't see her features because of the light behind her. As she got closer, Bob realized he knew her. He knew who this was. She stepped up to the cell he was locked in and used a key to unlock the door. Come on, Bob, Megan Brennan said to him. You're not done yet. She turned and began to walk away. Bob stopped her. Wait, Megan. He motioned to where Clinton and Biden were sitting in their cell. What about them? They're not my priority, Brennan told him. But here, 
She handed him the ring of keys she had released him with. Bob found one stamped with the numbers on the cell door, and he unlocked it. Come on, Bob, Megan said to him. We don't have time for them. Let's go. Bob waved goodbye and rushed to follow Megan J. Brennan, the Postmaster General of California, Cascadia, and Hawaii, who was rescuing him from a cage in a Washington, D.C. dungeon for some reason. As the elevator climbed to the ground floor, she briefed him. Some of our people saw you get taken. I still have high friends friends in high places in Washington, D.C., but there was no way they were going to let anyone besides me take you out of here. As they walked through the building, they were ignored. It was like they were invisible. Bob waved his hand in front of his face. They don't see us? Brennan laughed. The FBI only sees what they're supposed to see. Everyone here saw you taken into a deep, dark hole, and that's all they were ordered to see. Anything else is just extra paperwork. Walking out the front door, Brennan was met by a team of tactical mercenaries. Ma'am, we need to get you out of the city. It's not safe and our window's closing. Fine, Brennan said. Say goodbye to Washington, D.C., Bob. They were about to load into a black SUV, but Bob hesitated. Wait, he said. I can't leave. I have to see Donald Trump. I have to stop him. Too late, Brennan told him. He's already flown the coop and is running things from Florida. As they drove past burning cars through streets where clashes were intensifying by the minute, Bob had his first and last look at Washington, D.C. Crowds were pushing closer to the White House, and the sound of automatic gunfire rang out. The caravan of black vehicles sped up. I can help them, Bob said. No, Brennan told him. You're needed elsewhere. Trust me, the city will take care of itself, and I feel bad for anyone that gets in its way. The majority of the population in Washington, D.C. is African-American. You would never guess that if you were to watch films or news, though, because outside of D.C., the only neighborhoods that people see or hear about are the affluent neighborhoods. And because of social inequality and the injustice of wealth distribution, as well as the racist nature of American life in the first place, the majority of citizens of Washington, D.C. were tired of being treated like second-class citizens. The White House and many of the most iconic monuments of Washington, D.C. had been built with slave labor. The citizens of D.C. had never forgotten it, though the rest of the USA and the world seemed okay with forgetting about it. Today was the day of reckoning. Before the night was over, Washington, D.C. would collapse and the White House would be on fire. It would be Hillary Clinton who would strike the match. She emerged from the FBI dungeons on a mission. She was fully infected with the Bob virus and the smile never left her face. Her natural charisma was enhanced by the feelings of positivity the Bob virus had created and the long crippling fears of overstepping her power or underplaying her authority were gone. The same fears, by the way, which had caused so many to view her as insincere or untrustworthy. When Hillary Clinton stepped out of the dungeon with poor Joe Biden and a ragtag band of Donald Trump's political enemies trailing behind her, there was nothing anyone could do to stop her. Let's burn this motherfucker down, she screamed, and the city's population quickly declared, I'm with her. By that point, Brennan was on her way back to CCNH, and Bob was in a convoy heading to Florida. The drive would take somewhere around 16 hours with no stops and perfect conditions, but because they had to avoid certain hazards on the way, Bob would arrive on November 3rd, which would have been election day if there were going to be elections. All right, guys, we are winding down. The next chapter, chapter 26, is election day, and you can find all of it at, you know, averygoodnovel.com. Aloha.